Good morning and welcome. Welcome to Breakfast with Karen. Thank you so much for being here. So excited for today's topic. I'm, I just really love this topic. I'm excited because it's going to be kind of like a part two to my part one that I did in our last Breakfast with Karen. I talked about personal revelation. And so today I'm going to kind of talk about the next level of, of that. Like what's the next thing? And then I hope the next time we have our next Breakfast with Karen, I'll be able to do the part three. So create a little series with that. Some of you here are participating in our mom power training, and we really appreciate you being here and inviting your friends. Thank you so much. If you are here and you do participate in our mom power training, if you would just put a success that you've had this week, something that you're still working on from our mom power training, maybe why you fight and why you don't give up, maybe what you're working on with your personal declarations. I'm going to give you just a second to do that. Okay, so this morning, like I said, the last time that I spoke in the first series we had of Breakfast with Karen webinar series, so this is our second in a series of three webinars that we're having before we start our new mom power training. So we have eight weeks of our mom power training, and then we go into our Breakfast with Karen webinar series, and then again we start our class. Breakfast with Karen today is March 12th, and we're talking about answers from heaven, power journaling. I'm excited to share with you some tools that I've discovered personally that really have helped me to receive personal revelation in my life, and I don't think it's the only way to do things, but I am excited about the way it helps me, and so I'd like to share that with you. And then next Tuesday morning, we have a special guest panel of bombs, and our topic is receiving revelation at my house. So love it if you'd come next week and bring your friends to our mom power training. It's an eight-week webinar series that starts at 9 a.m. every Tuesday morning, and you can go to mompowertraining.com to register today. I think that you will find a lot of value in that class. That class has grown from lots and lots of years of experience teaching and coaching and training and, and doing lots of things with women, especially mothers that align with so many incredible principles that help us to just find a lot more peace in our lives, even though we have storms in our lives that don't go away. They're gonna be there today. When I wake up in the morning, they're gonna be there again but it helps me to put a perspective on that and to access the power the Savior offers us through the atonement in a much better way and to look at the messes in our storms more like they're just normal. That's what living the dream looks like. And when I look at this with Christ, then it is so much easier for me to look at that because I get that this is covered under Heavenly Father's plan. And that because of the Savior, nothing is bigger than Him. Even though this mess seems like the biggest thing I've ever seen, I don't even know what to do with it. I don't even know what to think about it. But I know He's bigger than this. And that because of Him, I'm covered under Heavenly Father's plan of protection and happiness. In my declaration, it says, I fight with and for my Savior and champion, Jesus Christ, to support His great work because I do believe he is our champion and has championed this great cause of our freedom to use our agency 
and to be the kind of women that we want to be. I'm going to talk a little bit about the last one I did, the last eight-week series, and you can find that on Mothers Who Know podcast channel. It's called Receiving Personal Revelation, or Personal Revelation is for me, something like that. But if you'll go back and listen to that, that will help you with today's lesson as well. That You don't have to have one without the other, but it will be helpful. It wasn't until I was in my 40s that I felt like I got that card for personal revelation. And it was because my son had shown me through his personal example that it took some different thinking and actions than I thought of to find the Savior. Not that my efforts needed to look like his exactly. His example showed me that carrying the message in a big storm that's really hard, instead of shutting down and feeling like, I'm completely powerless here and there is no help for me. The message for me was come and find me in this storm. And that my son, his example of just really wanting to heal, he knew I've tried all the things that I can think of. The only thing I haven't tried is really trying to connect with and find the Savior at a very personal level. He'd done that because he'd been writing letters to God and doing lots of things that are required of him and that he wanted to do, but it hadn't taken it to a level that in his mind and in his heart, where he thinks and where he feels, he had just solidified, I am a son of God, and I know that through the power of Christ, I can do all things, even overcome this addiction. I can do this. But I watched him take that to a level that was really different than what I was living and different from what he was living before he started doing that. So go back and listen to that because it talks about lots of the things he did. But what I realized is I need to do something different if I want something different. In order for things to change, I have to change. That's a really important thing. I'm going to say that again. In order for things to change, I have to change. I can't just Hope things will change and hope to pray them away or hope to work hard enough to get them away. I have to change. And the only person I have power to change is me. In our mom power training, we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about how we have the power to do things for ourselves and everybody because of Heavenly Father's plan and his gift of agency has that same power to do things for themselves and to access help and change for themselves, but they get to choose it. And whenever I think that I can change you or be in charge of your change, then that is a surefire way for me to get miserable because I jump onto the wrong team because really that's Satan's plan for misery right there is to force us to do things without letting us choose. But when I can do powerful things in my own business, in my own lane with Karen, then I can make a big difference in my life. So if I want to change, then it requires me to do something to change. Wendy Watson Nelson, she said this in her talk, Becoming the Person Who We Were Born to Be. When we are desperate to become the people we were born to be, our vision changes. We wake up from the spiritual amnesia the adversary so cleverly administers, and suddenly we see things about ourselves, others, and our lives we've never seen before. 
the world's fun and entertainment start to look almost ridiculous, perhaps even spiritually dangerous. We begin to see the adversary's tricks and traps for what they really are, temptations to make us forget our true identity and our destination. We each need the Savior's help to become the people we were born to be. It is simply impossible to do without his strength and his power. And then, just to solidify, at the very end of her talk, she says this. And notice the way she says this. I pray that this year you will have some moments of anguishing desperation that will propel you further along the path to becoming the man or woman you were born to be. Your true self is spectacular. Never sell for less. I really hope that this year you have moments of anguish and desperation because <laughs> this is what's going to propel you to further along the path to becoming the man or woman you were born to be. So I don't know about you, but when I'm in hard things, I don't think this is awesome. This is propelling me forward to become the woman I'm supposed to be. Usually I'm thinking, how did I get here? This is not what I planned on. And I was trying to prevent things that looked like this. In fact, this looks bigger than anything I was trying to prevent. I didn't even know this was going to be on the radar. Uh, so it kind of feels like that. It feels so heated up that it's hard for me to have an attitude of, oh, this is what living the dream is. I'm propelling myself forward. This is how we do this. In our mom power training, we ask ourselves to consider that because our role, our purpose in life, who, part of our mission, that the women that we're supposed to become is to be the support for the Savior and all of his great work in all of the things that are causing us to feel like, wow, this is stretchy. This is kind of hard. And in Mom Power, we learn that it's knowing there's only one you. You are the only person that has power to do things to change the way you feel, the way you think, the way you look at things and perceive them, and how you act in those things. You are the only person that gets to do that. And in order to do that, you really have to know that my divine identity is connected to those things. And I have to know who I am and whose I am. Remember, I'm somebody that matters. I'm somebody important. And in this stewardship that I have, I am not alone. And any weakness I have, I can show up in all that weakness. I don't have to be cuter or cooler or more in any way. I can show up and know I'm using my agency. I'm being an agent to choose to show up. And if I'm connected and remembering my identity and that I'm not dumb, and that I can't do it, or thinking I'm all alone and believing lies, then I can actually use my agency to call on the Savior to make up the difference for what I'm not. And there's one Savior. I know the power that Christ has, and I trust him. He's the Savior. I stand with and for the Savior to support his great work. So a lot of times, I don't know about you, but as a mother, I didn't think I'm the savior. I literally didn't. I never thought that, but I thought I had a role like the savior. I felt it was my role to go save things and help them and to make sure that they succeeded. And even if that meant I needed to control that, 
even if that meant I needed to sit on that, even if that meant that I had to completely stop thinking about everything I had power to do in myself and only focus over there so that that wouldn't die, that is what I did. And I started getting really sick emotionally and spiritually and physically. And I started to withdraw from who I really am and my purpose and almost feeling like I know I'm showing up physically, but I'm kind of asleep with my eyes open and really inside of me because I'm powerless, even though I'm just working my guts out to try to save someone else. I feel so powerless that I don't know what to do that I started thinking about. I'll just go through the motions because I don't understand. I'm in so much pain here. I don't understand all my effort and how there's nothing happening. In fact, I'm getting worse. Everything seems worse. And that's because there's only one savior and it's not me. If I want to be healthy and I want to support God's work and cause some things to happen in my home, I have to know he's the saver. He's the savior. He saves people and things and me. And the thing he saves me from is just the things that are happening in my mortal life, but he saves me from my one and only enemy and all of the minions that follow him. I have one enemy and it's not the mess in my life. It's not my body. It's not my finances. It's not my child. It's not my husband. They are not my enemy. They are also having battles and facing an enemy and trying to figure out who the savior is in their life and support his work and access his power and realize where they have power in their own lane. They're trying to figure that out too. But when I know there's just one enemy, wow, it is so cool because my power increases. One of the reasons that we have to seek for personal revelation and why I needed it so bad is because I was so sick. All of these things, all of these things, because my life had gotten so big, I forgot them. I forgot that I was just Karen. I was the mom. There was a smarter parent than me. There was a smarter system than the one I was trying to use. And it had everything to do with Heavenly Father's plan and the Savior's effort to save through his atonement and all that he'd sacrificed and done for me, I could be successful. So if you remember, I knew the message in my mess was you've got to find the Savior. And today I want to talk about there's not just a message in your mess, there's a miracle in your mess. And I often have said, I am a walking miracle. I would never have guessed that I could feel the way I'm feeling, see the way I see, be doing something that I love so much and have the opportunity and the honor to do such cool things and to support God in his work, not just with my family, but with other people. I have no idea that that would be something I would feel called to do or be doing. And I love that I do that. But the only way I found that was because I didn't just hear the message of Karen come find me. I found the miracle in the storm. And that's what I want to share with you today. Power journaling to increase personal revelation. These are all of my journals that I use to access the power of heaven 
I do power journaling in my journals, and I'm gonna to describe to you what that is. But it was a process. So there are 17 of these journals, and it actually took me about four months of just writing letters to God and trying to figure out what I needed to do next before I started adding scriptures into my journals, like writing scriptures in there, and then thinking about what they meant to me. And then it took me a whole year after that before I realized I have some evidence that I am getting some help from heaven, and I didn't think I qualified for that. I didn't think I had that card. And I'm, it's starting to work. I'm starting to figure this out. But then I realized I can't find all the cool stuff that I wrote in my journal because it all looks the same. It takes a lot of effort to go back and find that. And when I'm in the middle of a hard time, it'd be super cool if I could go back and find that fast so that I could have more help and more evidence to prove when I'm feeling like, man, I'm not a very good mom today. Man, I'm not doing a very good job today. I just don't feel very good about myself. I'm getting the fiery darts of the adversary coming in and it's affecting my thoughts and my feelings, my heart and my mind. I'm just getting spun into a place where I'm not in control of me. I needed evidence to empower me to say, Karen, you're not alone. And this is real. Finding the Savior in a storm is real. And even though you can't tell or feel like he's here now, he's here. And so I started discovering, well, if you're going to be doing this, you need to start making it so you can find things in your journal so that when you need help and support, you can go and access that stuff to empower yourself, to help yourself remember why you fight, why you care, and why you're not going to give up. Because it's in those stormy times we think, I, I think I need to just give up. Where's Netflix? Where's the sugar? I got to find some. And then I become even more numb and more dumb. So I just wanted to be sure we covered this today before we go into this tool. I want to just talk about President Nelson's 10 steps to receiving personal revelation. So if you recall, he said, I'm just going to, he said that in our day, we won't be able to survive spiritually if we don't know how to receive personal revelation. That the rate at which the light is growing, the darkness is growing. And the darkness is overpowering so many of us. I bet many of you can raise your hand just like me and say, there are people I love and adore whose hearts are failing them. Just like the scriptures said in the last days that men's hearts will fail them. Women's hearts will fail them. They won't see the light the purpose and the connection to the gospel. It'll be something where they just don't believe. And I have that with people I just love dearly. So the first step is to find a quiet place where you can regularly go. What's your quiet place? What's your sacred grove? What's your waters of Mormon? What's your wilderness where Enos prayed and got a remission of his sins? Where do you go? What do you do? Because we are creators. Not only do we create new thoughts and feelings for ourselves and the ability to have power in ourselves with our agency to go through hard things because the Savior's there to help us, but we also have power to say, I have the power to find a place that's quiet that I can regularly go 
and it might not look perfect every day, but I do have a place. I don't know if any of you have seen that movie, The War Room. It's by the Kendrick Brothers, and I encourage every woman on the planet to go watch that movie. It has so much warrior chemistry, such a strong feeling, and it's all about a woman and how she finds that warrior spirit in herself and recognizes, wait a minute, I don't have any power over there. I only have power right here. And the power that I have is with God to fight all the battles in my life. And what she recognizes is, I have an enemy. And I have to be smarter at noticing what he's doing to try to take me out of the place that I have power. And it's the coolest movie. So she, the reason that movie's called The War Room, literally is because in her closet, she creates a war room. A room where she goes to war to fight the battles in the spirit for the people that she loves so dearly. Instead of fighting with them and trying to change them, she goes to her closet in her war room and she fights in prayer, asking God to be her battle buddy. It's really cool. Humble yourself before God is step two. The last one that I did on personal revelation, I came to realize that it was really important for me to be honest and to be as honest as a little child. It was really important for me to talk and be sincere at that level. Step three, pour out your heart to your Heavenly Father. Be able to communicate in a sufficient way that my real feelings show up, that my real thoughts show up, not just my church lady thoughts. Step four is turn to Him for answers and for comfort. So a lot of this takes time, looking for answers and comfort. It, it takes time and a lot of asking and going back to that quiet place and then noticing throughout the day other things that we notice. Step five, pray in the name of Jesus Christ about your concerns, your fears, your weaknesses. Yes, the very longings of your heart. So the reason I love five so much is because it says, pray in the name of Jesus Christ about your concerns, your fears, your weaknesses, the very longings of your heart. Because who heals concerns? Who heals fear? Who heals weakness? And who gives us in his great, loving, merciful way the longings of our heart? Even if I'm longing for something to go away and not to be so stormy in my life and I can't have that, I still can feel so comforted in my heart when he comes. And that's his role is to come. And the spirit of the Holy Ghost is so much a part of that. But when we pray and we know, I'm praying in his name because he saves me. I can't do this without him. So important. Step six, and then listen. We should listen where we are in whatever our war room is, whatever our quiet place that we regularly go is. But also we should be listening in the freight train busy of our life right? It's like a freight train. You're like, I can't listen to anything but what's screaming. That's all I can listen to. It varies for whatever season you're at as a woman. With little kids, it's one way. 
with middle kids, it's another way. With teenagers, it's another whole new animal. And then when you get adult kids, you think, oh, wow, that's different too, because they're over there and I'm over here, but I still have the stewardship and I love them and care for them. And I can see now they're entering the storms that adulthood brings like I did. And oh, wow, it's just big. So in order to listen, we have to consciously and purposely create places to listen. And that looks like maybe instead of having this kind of sound in my atmosphere that just is this way, I should consciously notice maybe every day I have this kind of sound where I can hear words of the prophets coming in my mind. Or I can hear the words from God's instruction manual from the scriptures coming around in my atmosphere. I can hear those things, and then I can just talk them into my phone. I can write them down. I can remind myself, hey, tomorrow morning, when you go to your war room, this is something to look at. So there's lots of that. We need to have places where we make little sloppy notes that can remind us what we are listening for and what the answers we're getting. Before I started listening throughout the day, I missed a lot of things. But when I more consciously started listening throughout the day and then writing little things down, just little things or talking them into my phone, it was really amazing how much more I started to notice that I was receiving help. Step six, write the thoughts that come to your mind. I got an answer. I'm going to write it down really quick and messy. Or I'm in my war room. I'm in that quiet place that I've created. And I'm going to really write this down. And I'm going to ask more questions about it. And then step eight is record your feelings. I really love step eight because it's one of the things you'll notice when I share my tool with you. It took me from, I'm just journaling. I'm just writing letters to God. I'm just saying my prayers, keeping those things separate. Like, well, I'm checking the box of saying my prayer. Check. I'm checking the box of reading my scriptures. Check. And I'm checking the box of I wrote a letter to God, check. When I started recording my feelings, it meant that those three things had to come together somehow. And that was a cool thing. Because when I would record my feelings, I could say how much I appreciated what I was receiving. But also I could say how desperately and completely I needed help. That's the way I feel. I feel completely alone. Once I leave this little quiet space here and the real music of my life turns on, sometimes I feel like I'm not in a dream. It's a nightmare. I need help. I could express those feelings, but in a really safe way. And then I knew I had discovered a formula to go find some comfort, to go find Christ, to go find some answers and to feel things that were significant that would help me. Step nine, follow through with actions that you are prompted to take. And I don't know about you, but I can be prompted to take things into action, but I can't even remember what I was prompted to do. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then I go on to my busy freight train life and I'm thinking, what was I supposed to do again? So I had to create a place where I actually wrote down, here are things I'm trying to do. Here are all the questions I have for God. <laughs> throughout the day. Here's another question I thought of to ask God about the question. And here are some things that I need 
to ask him about. But also, you know what? Here's an action that I thought that would be helpful, but then it would just go away because my life was loud. And so I needed to be able to, in my phone or on 3 card or in my journal or somewhere, I often write on my hands because I think, oh, I don't want to forget that. I don't want to forget what the Spirit just told me to take action on, to talk to that person or to go do that thing. And I do ask people who are real people that work with me how much I forget things, a lot. And I'm always asking everybody, please don't hesitate to make me feel bad because I won't. I feel so appreciative if they'll just remind me of things. Um, and then just repeat is step 10. And then he gives a promise. This process, day after day, month after month, year after year, you will grow into the principle of revelation. So really, literally, he just laid out the thing we can do to save ourselves spiritually in our day. And the memory said, we're not going to survive spiritually unless we know how to receive personal revelation. Because not only do we want to have answers, we want to feel things. We want to feel comforted. We want to feel like we're going to live through this. We want to feel like we're going to make it till tomorrow. We want to feel like I can wait one more hour before I do something. Because right now, I just want to go get that. Shake it and put it in the garbage, right? I just really am having a hard time with this and controlling myself in it. Growing in the principle of revelation is something that is so vital to remember. So with our prayers and our writing and our reading, power journaling is literally putting those three things together. Instead of making them separate things like boxes, we create a time when I am doing those things together. This is my writing from this morning. I had my family go through all of my books with me last night for home eating because it was overwhelming to me. I said, can you just help me? I meant to do this way earlier, but I didn't get to it. So for home eating, can everybody just look at my stuff? And I need your help. I would like for you to look for significant things that I can share. And there are lots of cool things and especially patterns that we were noticing. And we actually were able to put timelines on, well, here's when you started just writing stuff and you didn't really know how to even put your scriptures in your journal or anything. You only use black ink or blue ink all this time. And now, and then you started noticing, Oh, if I want to hear the spirit, I need to do something to say, I invite the spirit more literally into my journaling. So I want to share with you just a story that happened to me this morning. Okay. So something I realized, well, first I'm going to share the tool with you. So this is what you need for this tool. You need a journal, and you actually might have a girl power journal, which is so awesome. I use these composition books, but I do have a girl power journal too. That was my very first book, was my girl power journal, because I took Eternal Warriors, a really cool class that was teaching me about all of this. And then you need your scriptures and conference reports. You need things that have the words of God in them. Because what you're doing, literally, when you combine these things, is you're studying the voice of the Savior. You're discovering a spiritual language the way you hear Him, the way you hear those things. And I personally hear them the way I do, and you're going to do it different than me. So today, I'm saying again, I'm only sharing a tool. The first time I shared this, I felt guilty for sharing this years ago. 
because I was so excited that I finally got the card that I really thought it was a secret. I thought it was so special that God only wanted me to have it and that it was one of those sacred things that you don't show other people because it's so special. Because literally, I had figured out, Karen, if you can create the space and ask me to come in and step with you and prepare for me to come and are sincere and your desire, I'm dying to come and do that with you. I, I did die to come and do that with you. I love you. I want to do that with you. Because my whole life was like, well, I don't know. I, I, I know he's here. That's my church lady thought and answer. He's here. He's helping me. And I'm going to just keep doing my best and showing up and, and looking like my amazing mom because she's, she's awesome. I know how to do that. When it got so hard and hot in my life, it didn't work anymore. I thought, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'm, this is going to kill me spiritually. If I can't figure out how to find, find a feeling that I'm not alone and that somebody loves me and that they can see me right here. I'm just going to share this tool with you. I need a journal. I need scriptures and maybe the conference report or the insight. And I need, I need four pins or one pin. This is my pin, but I started with four pins. It wasn't until I had a student that said, you know, they make pins that do all your colors. <laughs> and I was like, they do? And then she, she showed me hers and I was like, oh, I've seen that pin before. Why didn't I remember that? And so, yes, this pin has red, blue, black, and green ink in it. And that's literally what I have just decided to use were those colors of ink. And I had gotten these, all these pens of those colors at the dollar store. So Dollar Tree usually has them too, in case you're interested. I wanted to use colors because I wanted evidence that I could go find quickly and easily that meant something specific. So if I was having a hard time and felt like I just want to give up, I can't remember why I care. I don't know if I really care about this. Like really, literally, I'm done. I'm done. It's easier just to be numb. It's easier to, to do that than to show up and care so much. I think I'm just going to just stop caring so much and have naps and eat treats and watch Netflix and ignore people and just try to go through the motions. I think that's what I'm going to do. But I knew, Karen... In green ink, in your book, in green ink, you write all the reasons that you care. You write who you are and why you matter. You write what you are being called to do, what the Spirit speaks to you to do. You write why you never give up in green. So when I'm having those days, I just hold on to those green things in my journals. So helpful. And when the adversary comes and says, you are nothing, you're nothing, you're worthless, you're terrible at your job, you haven't received much revelation in a long time, in fact, you're kind of being a wingnut in the morning, you've lost your brain, you're walking around like you're in a fog, you used to do this really cool, but now you're in this season where you're not cool anymore, even though you have your cute little pin, and you cute little scriptures in your journal. It's not working for you, is it? So God doesn't help you. He's not there for you. But I have 17 journals with red ink. And that red ink says, every time the Spirit spoke to me, I wrote it in red. Every time I knew that God was helping me to notice, here I am. 
I can see you. Thank you for listening to me. This is where you study my voice. This is where we study our spiritual language together because I show up in this place. These are my words. This is for you. This is for your day in exactly what you're experiencing. This is for you. So when I would write in red, I could say to the adversary and all those fiery darts, it would be a shield to me of protection. I could go to these journals and it was evident saying, you can just go play in traffic because it's red all over the place here and I could go through and read those things. Such a blessing. My journals literally turned into personal scriptures for me because everything in black was everything I was learning. Everything I'd find in my scriptures or in my conference talks or things that I was studying in BYU speeches, whatever, I would copy down the significant pieces of those things in my journal in black. So anything black I knew was personal scripture to me. It was something that I personally was led to, to teach me something for me, for my situation, for how to carry what I needed to carry, for how to think of my life as, this is living the dream, Karen. It's kind of normal to feel that messy. Instead of thinking, my life is a nightmare. Everybody else's life looks like lollipops, but mine looks like poo. I don't like it. I'm terrible at this. So I just really needed to feel like I am okay. And anything in blue ink was me writing my thoughts. It's just me writing. So I can't tell you what a powerful tool this has been in my life to be able to say, mm, every day doesn't look like she shows up and it's like the angels descend and this table is set and God comes in and she can see him. And he sits at her table, and they sup together, and it's awesome. It's not like that every day. It's not like that for lots of days sometimes. But it's not like that for even months sometimes. But because I have so much evidence that it is, it is such a gift in my life. Because when my heart starts to fail me, because our hearts do fail, even though we believe, even though we keep covenants, because the fiery darts are real because the opposition we face is big because we're spiritual girls having mortal experiences. We, our hearts fail us because we have lots of afflictions. We're afflicted with, you know, the burdens of the flesh, the things that we have to deal with, sickness, illness, things that don't go away that are chronic, mental illness, and uh, financial situations that haven't changed. I mean, just so many things, right? It's big. And so we need evidence. And Satan knows that what we focus on, we get more of. He knows that. And boy, does he love that. Because he says, any mortal girl, if you can just get her to focus, like hyper-focus, that's where all of her big pile of evidence is going to show up. Because these women, they are so powerful that they're scary. They are thinkers. They are feelers. They came with spiritual gifts to really take out darkness and to be stronger than darkness, not just for themselves, but for other people. That's what they came with, the gift to wait longer, to hope further, to stand strong in the spirit in places where other people are like, that is never going to get better. Women say, yes, it will. 
It will. I'm creating evidence that it will. I have evidence in this journal that says I'm not alone and neither are they. That Christ is bigger than that. And the Heavenly Father's plan covers that too. And so I know. But the adversary says, if I can get her attention held over there, she's going to create her pile of evidence over there. And I can put it in a really stinky place. And she's going to think that's her life, that stinky pile. So we really have to know what holds our attention holds us. And so with my journal, it was one of many tools. Because this isn't the only tool that works because there's lots of other things we have to do to manage our mind and our heart, our thoughts and our feelings. But this was one of them. It, to create evidence and know that every day purposely it is my goal to create evidence that I'm creating literal purposeful focus on creating evidence that says I am living the dream. I'm not alone. This is supposed to, this is normal. <laughs> I can't believe whose idea was this, but this is normal. It's okay. I'm going to live. I'm going to survive. And if I cannot look at that big pile over there that the adversary says, look at this thing. Put your attention over here. Create some evidence over here. Because over here, that's what's really real. What's really real is what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and all the stuff that's going on. He wants us to only focus horizontally, temporally, all around, looking at our neighbor, looking at our, our spouse and our child and uh, in relationships where we think, you're the enemy. If you'd just straighten up, my life would straighten up. If you'd stop being such a wingnut, then I could actually eat some real nuts. Like, we are really, really struggling because of you. You're the enemy. And... That's where I would focus, hyper-focus, and that would grow. But when I learned, oh, no, no, there's only one enemy, I'm hyper-focusing, thinking that guy, that husband, that child, that relationship is the enemy. I'm the enemy. So I started growing evidence that I'm a loser. I'm, I'm a mess. Pray, write, read. Read, write, pray. It's like move forward and go backward. This is kind of the formula that I use personally. This is how I started noticing that I could hear God talking to me, that I wasn't alone. Look and see, power journaling. I call it kind of a look and see. And the reason it's look is I want to look with my spiritual eyes, hear with my spiritual ears, and see things that way. So I'm trying to do something different than I've done before. I'm not just reading to check a box, not just reading because that's really nice and that does strengthen me. I can tell a difference when I read the Book of Mormon. I can tell. But when it's like, no, I want to eat something. I want to eat something. And I want God to eat with me. I want to open that door and create a space where he's going to come in and sup with me. So first I prepare for personal revelation. Literally, when I pray that the... The, the thing I say and thank Heavenly Father for, I thank him for what we're going to talk about today. I thank him for the opportunity and the honor it is for me, this broken girl who's just trying to figure stuff out that's so blind and really weak, that I am allowed to talk to you and that you want to talk to me. Thank you for coming to talk to me today. I'm so happy that you're coming. 
I'm not looking as cool as usual. I only have this much time today. I don't ever want to forget you because I can't be me without you. If I'm without you, then I'm me in a really weird way. And so I just tell him where I'm at. So maybe I only have 15 minutes. Maybe I only have five minutes. Maybe I have a whole hour. That's really fun if I have a whole hour. But create some quiet space there. So I just pray and I pray for and I thank him for the opportunity and the joy it's going to be to receive revelation from him. And then I write. I write a letter to God. I'm very sincere and humble and honest. And I try to just tell him where I'm at. And I use prayer language. But a lot of the sisters I know use friend language. And why is that? It's because this is your relationship. And God is so happy for you to come no matter what outfit you're wearing. He just wants you to come. So you don't have to look cool or be cool or brush your teeth first. You just do it and read. So to me, literally, this is what this looks like. I take my scriptures. The reason I do it like this is because Karen doesn't read books well. I have a learning disability and it really does affect the way that I enjoy reading. I don't enjoy reading big books. And in fact, thinking I have to read this whole thing makes me want to cry. So I do lots of things like I look and I see things. And I have learned that because the Spirit is here, because I'm studying God's voice here in this book, I have learned that He always will meet me right where I'm at. And if I know He's coming, and I may have a question, I may not. I may just say, what would you like to talk about today? I'm just going to do my thing, and I, I would love to hear. And sometimes what I find lasts a whole week. I might look at that for a whole week study that and find other things about it and write more about it. But when I find something that's significant and I know the Spirit led me to that, I needed some help. Or I needed to be told, Karen, you're, you're loved. I can see you. Or maybe I needed to be chastised and told, you judge people in your mind. Not people that are out there, but people you love most, you judge them in your heart and in your mind. And you have a lot of pride. And that person who you think is a mess, they're actually doing it better than you. Even though you look like the church lady and they don't look like a church anything, they're actually doing it better than you. Because you are full of judgment and pride inside yourself. I've learned so many things about here's your weakness. And there it is again. <laughs> Here it comes again. So it's just so helpful. Literally, I just open it and I just notice what looks special. That's it. What looks special? What stands out to me? What looks pretty? What makes me think, that's interesting, or wow, that's cool. But I'm also looking for a different language, not an obvious language. I'm looking for a different language. This morning, the language was, Karen is really cute. She's studying in the scriptures and she's wearing her reader glasses, but they don't work as good as they should. So even in this really bright light, she can't see the words very good. So she's tipping her book and putting them right under the light so she can see it better. I get a phone call and it's my sister. And I think, oh, I missed her call. So I called her right back and I'm in Alma 58. And I've actually started writing down what I already noticed. I already thought that's super significant. It's about women showing up and covenanting to fight for the liberty and truth of their people. And I was like, that's cool. I'm going to write about that. And then I'm going to ask God, 
here's what I'm going to, well, actually, I'm going to share my feelings. I'm going to say, here's what I feel or what I think this is means. Is this what you're trying to say to me about this? Or here's what I'm thinking this would be so cool to do with this thought, with this feeling, this idea. I think that's what this is. Is that what that is? And then I would grab my red pin because my red pin is always here. But before when I had four pins, I would just sit after I said my prayer and thanked Heavenly Father for the honor that it, he was coming. We were going to talk. It was going to be fun. I would just put his pin right there. Like, this is your pen. Whenever you're ready to use it, I'll help you. I'll help you use it. And I'll write in here. So I just had all my pins and his pin was right there. And I even had my to-do list, the list that I'm like trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my big train day. I would, things that would came to my mind that were impressions, I would also write on that book. Because I noticed that when I was creating space, I would get reminded of, you have this leftover in the fridge, and that's what you could do for dinner tonight. You're welcome. You could make this out of that. And because I can never figure out what to make for dinner, it's my worst chore. I don't know what to feed everybody over and over and over again. And so sometimes it's just this cute little, you know what you could have for dinner? This. Sometimes I think that's the spirit or the savior talking to me. And other times I think it's my grandma pal because she's a great cook. And I think sometimes she misses cooking and she tells me, you know what you could cook? <laughs> you could cook that. And then probably while she's watching, she's like, wow, that is not cool the way she does that. But I always think that might be her. Okay. That was beside the point. Anyway, I just want to make sure that I'm using evidence to create this atmosphere in my relationship and evidence that says this is real because my heart will fail me even though I have this evidence. I still will have days where I'm feeling like, is this really worth it? Can I really do this? I don't know. And I'll forget who I am. I'll forget why I care. I'll forget why I don't want to give up. I want to. So evidence is critical. That's why I recommend that whether you use this tool in the way I do, or whether you use your stuff that you already do and you love it, I recommend you think of a way to use that as a weapon in battles so that when the fiery darts come at you, you have something to shield yourself with. Do some power journaling, combine your prayers, your writing and your reading together and make them this little dance that goes back and forth. So back to my little story, my sister calls and I call her back and I say, I missed your call. And she has a really important meeting today that she's feeling like, oh, I don't really want to do that. It's scary to me. I want to do it. And in fact, it's so scary to me that I needed to go and get my husband's help for this. I needed him to tell me, you can do this. Because I said, I'm not going to do this. This is too scary. And then she knew what I was up to this morning. So she said, I bet you feel like that too. Here I was, I wrote in green, one of the things I do to remember why I fight and why I don't give up. Because this morning I woke up feeling like I am not ready or feeling powerful. In fact, I've been through some really hard, I can't stop crying kind of days lately. And I'm really struggling. And I feel like this process that I'm having is waning. And I feel kind of embarrassed. Like maybe God is thinking, you know, you have this opportunity to influence a lot of people and you're not even ready. What you been doing? You know what I mean? But really I'm like, I've been doing 
showing up, but I'm in this fog walking around like I don't know what I'm doing lately. But one of the things I do when I don't know why I'm fighting and why I don't give up because it feels like I am giving up, I will just write a lot of I statements. I am a choice and beloved daughter of healthy parents. And the next one says, I will stand for truth and righteousness in behalf of Christ's cause of liberty and salvation. I am, I will, I do, I know, I love, I stand, and I testify. And then I just write one sentence after each one of those things, any I thing I can think of, because it, it brings me back online in my frontal lobe where I'm more awake. And remember, Karen, it's okay to look like a hot mess. Some people look like hot messes when they're doing cool things because broken people can do amazing things in really broken ways. It's okay. Let's put on this armor of light. And so I started writing my letter and thanked God for the opportunity that I had. And I wrote about you girls and what I was doing. But when I was talking to my sister, I started just right here. Here's this page. And then this very next page over here that isn't on a slide, I started I'd already looked and saw something about, this is what women do when they fight for the liberty and truth of their families. And I started writing that down. And then she called. And then as soon as she hung up and we both talked about what a mess we were and how we were both afraid. And we said, we can do this. Okay, goodbye. And it was like, we're just trying to be awesome and say goodbye. But in our hearts, we're wondering, can we really do this? And so then I, I was looking and I told you my eyes didn't work very good. I was looking and thought, I'm going to just talk in my phone. Maybe I can see this better on my phone. So I said, Alma 58 verse 16 is what I said, because that's what I first found. Alma 58 verse 16. And so I went, it opened up to Alma 58. And I started scrolling down and right alongside 11, like the LDS tools had highlighted 11 for some reason. And then I read 11. And this is what 11 said. And it was immediately after I hung up the phone with my sister. This is what it said. And remember, we're both feeling like, uh, are we going to live? Uh, I really, I can do this. We can do this because God's going to help us do this. This is in Alma 58 verse 11. Yea, and it came to pass that the Lord our God did visit us with assurance that he would deliver us, yea, insomuch that he did speak peace to our souls and did grant unto us great faith and did cause us that we should hope for our deliverance in him. So I immediately texted that to her. I just received this for both of us. And here's the evidence of how I received that because then I scrolled down, then I scrolled down to verse 16, which is why I was there in the first place. And it didn't even say the same thing that I was writing in my journal. It didn't even say the same thing. I was like, what is going on here? So I scrolled up to look again. And I'm like, well, I looked in my journal. Is the reference right? Yeah, it says right there that I'm in Alma 58 in my journal, verse 16. That's right. And so I look back and I think maybe I couldn't find it. So then I had this thought. And I'm sure the spirit was kind of giggling, thinking, Karen, that's not an eight. That's a five. You can't see. You thought you were in 58, you were actually in 55, Alma 55. So Alma 55, 16 was the first scripture that I found, but it was Alma 58, 16, because my eyes weren't seeing it. And so I wrote down 58, it was, a, it was an eight, not a five, that second five. And isn't that cool that I thought, okay, 
Now I'm gonna just look at that on my phone because I can't see this book, even though I ordered the big, huge scriptures to come in the mail so I could see better. And that's the scripture that came up. It's such evidence. You're not alone. I can see you. I get that you're really cute and you can't read because you can't see and you think you're in 58, but that's really 55, 16. To you, it's 58. But I know what's in 58 that you need. It's perfect for where you're at and where your sister is. And you both need this. And so when I write down on those pages that I shared, I wrote down, here's what happened. My sister called. I thought I was in 55, but I was in 58. La, la, la. So I created evidence. So I can remember that. So I can go back and look at the colors and know that's exactly what happened. And it was God saying, you're going to make it. I'm going to help you. Go ahead and show up in your weakness and let me help you. Just hope for your deliverance in Christ. Going back to the very first thought, which is we are so important. We support God's work. We need to be in a place where we feel inspired. And we feel so deeply about so many things that the adversary knows it is so easy to get her from an inspired place because I can torment her because she is a bowl full of feelings. I can affect those feelings with all the things she cares so much about and her righteousness, how much she loves God. I know how to do that because I know what she focuses on grows. So in order for me to manage that and support God's work, I need to be in an inspired place. And in our mom power training, we teach how to do that and how the adversary can get us in a tormented place. But this tool of personal revelation and creating the right kind of evidence that's there always when your heart is failing you, to find and remember, I have a pile of evidence there. It's so useful. So if this spoke to you at all, be sure to just steal anything you want. Go ahead and do whatever you want from it. But I just encourage you that whatever works for you, to start creating evidence that God helps you, that he is your friend, that he doesn't care how cute you are, how strong you are, or he doesn't even care about just 15 minutes ago you losing all your noodles. Just lost them all and you acted way out of your character and you did it completely wrong because you're afraid. He knows that you're afraid, but he also just knew, well, she's a mortal girl. She just needs help and I'm here to help her. So don't let the adversary tell you, you don't deserve help, you just did that. We just go and we hit our knees again, we go find our war room, we, we do it again, and we don't believe a liar. We only have one enemy, and it's not ourselves, it's him and we. We are really cute to the Savior, no matter how we look. He wants to help us. All right, so you gals, I'd love it if anybody has anything to share. I would just love it if you have anything to add, anything to share. If you'd like to, I can pull up President Nelson's list. But again, if you go to Mom Power Training, you can sign up for our Mom Power class. And that's really why we have this webinar series is we're trying to grow this message because we know that it is so significant for every woman. It's a message that I have used in a place of trauma for myself and supported so many women that are in places of trauma. Like this is a hard place. Like this is a hard, hard place. And we're really struggling with our kids and, and we need support. We need therapeutic intervention. And, and so all these things have come from that, but we are trying to grow this mom power out to the masses because it's so useful. 
so useful to have this information. So anybody think of something they wanted to say? Hey, Karen, a couple of questions about the other colors that you use. Is that something you can briefly do, or is it in the other, the other class you did on personal revelation? No, I didn't describe it in that. I just talked about my process of getting to personal revelation and that I recognized the message in a storm is come and find me. And what does it look like when you come find me? And so, but this is just a tool I discovered that really helped me. And I just know when we say to God, my desire is this thing and I don't know how to do it. Can you show me how to do it? If we keep showing up, just like I mentioned the first journals I did, don't even look as cool as all of this evidence. And it's just because it was a process, months and years of a process of me finding my spiritual language that said, there it is, there it is. Okay, so literally this just describes it. So I use different colors of ink to make it easier to create evidence that the Lord and I are friends. And when Satan tries to tell me I'm making it all up or it's not real, I can show, I can show it off. Using different colors of ink makes it easier to make a quick reference of the proof I have created in my journal. It is also a great way to bring more order to my study and journal that pleases me. I like it. Okay, and so green is me just remembering. It's me saying, Karen, before you can really receive personal relation, you kind of have to be available. And a lot of times we're not available because we're in a fog and we're just zoning out and we're really in a lot of, our hearts are failing us. We're having a hard time. So I have to do something and that could be move my body. It could be exercise first. It could be do some stretching. It could be do declarations. It could be what I have to do. It's get in a place where when I say my prayer and I can speak with faith, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming today. It's coming from a place of hope. Like, I think that's possible. But when I'm in this place, I just pray and I think, ah, you know. So that for green is, why are you fighting? Why don't you just give up? Like, why, what do you care about? Ask your brain why you care. Ask your brain why you matter. Ask your brain who you are. Ask your brain whose you are. Start talking about that stuff. And I use green for that. And then blue is just represents anything I write from my thoughts that comes personally from me. Just anything Karen has to say is blue. And black, it represents anything I'm learning or noticing. So just like I noticed that scripture today, I wrote down the first part of Alma, not 58, 55, 16. I wrote that first part down and then I got the phone call and then I went to look it up and I was like, oh no, we are writing down this one, right? I didn't even get to finish the other one. Then I wrote in black. This is what I found. This is a scripture to me. This was to me. This was for me on that day. And red represents all the things I feel, think, learn from the Spirit. Anything. And trying to ask God what he wants to talk about in your letter sometimes and, and watch what happens. So it's just a suggestion of don't always have things you need to talk about. Sometimes it's good to just say, what would you like to talk about? And then just go looking for the language.
thank you so much for coming. I hope that clarifies things a little bit. And really email us at support at mompowertraining.com and we can answer any questions you have too. Yeah, just create evidence. The evidence we want, put our attention on that. That's a big tool. Thanks so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Have an awesome day. Love you.